Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh. And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? Hey everybody, this is David, a.k.a. Macintosh. And I'm Diana, a.k.a. Mod. And welcome back to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where we make each other watch movies that we should have already seen. Yeah, and this week we're continuing our documentaries with a movie that we both should have seen. Holy shit, everybody. Okay, I think this is the fastest we've run to the mic after having watched a movie. It's late. We shouldn't be talking. No, we but should we go to sleep. kind of have to. Okay, we just watched Tickled. 2016. Journalist David Ferrier stumbles upon a mysterious tickling competition online. As he delves deeper, he comes up against fierce resistance, but that doesn't stop him getting to the bottom of a story stranger than fiction. This movie's amazing. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like, it is so intriguing, and it's... I think one of the things that's so intriguing about it is it's not dark. Well, it gets dark. Like, there's some darkness... But, like, nobody's been murdered. (laughs) It's bizarre. Uh, A person has gone to jail, but they should have. (laughs) So that's not tragic. It's just insane. Okay, so, first of all, if you have HBO, you should go watch this on HBO if you have access. Not only are they the ones who produced it, and it's going to be free for subscription, There's also a follow-up documentary, a short, that explains the fallout from this movie. When it was released. Because that was a huge part of the story. Yeah, it's nuts. And that also answered a lot of questions we would have had following watching the movie. Oh, we don't have to look at trivia for this. No. I don't feel like. Well, we had to... I did look at it on IMDb and it gave me the one piece of trivia that we did need to know. The funny thing about this is... When we had seen the trailer for this, we both were really interested in this movie. Yes. And it didn't get around to us where mm-hmm. we were. Correct. I mean, I, I think we had the chance to do it, and it just I think didn't it, pop up. I think it was a one-night-only thing, and we couldn't make it happen. So it was never going to happen. So later on, and I will give huge props to this podcast, because I love them. Mm-hmm. They are an acquired taste, I, I will say for sure. But the dollop... With Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds, mm-hmm. who do stories about history that Gareth has never heard before. <laughs> Their second episode, I believe, is about competitive endurance tickling. And they are quoted in the documentary yeah. because they did this episode while this was going on. And then Farrier contacted them like a few months later being like, hey, can I use you guys for the documentary? So they talked about it early on in their whole in their whole podcast. And it's early on in the movie that, hey, this was even picked up by an American podcast and they play part of their audio and it's just like, yeah, that's cool. Because uh, at the time, the dark side of it had not been exposed. Well, OK, the trailer. The tra- OK, mad props to these guys for their trailer because it's perfect because it hooks you instantly because you're like, is this porn? Is this a sex ring? What's going on? Well, and not only that, but they 
but they also get into some of the like wait a minute they're ruining lives and what's going on with these guys and and it's like so of course you instantly think this is hardcore pornography like gay porn like that's what you just assume it is uh but then the people were blackmailing them with well so let let's start with this one disclaimer mm-hmm. no yucks to yums at all here mm-hmm. if you have a tickling fetish that's not a problem no. in no way. And they show that in this movie. I love that Farrier finds a guy who does creates. It's a fe- fetish film because it's not porn. It's tickling fetish. It's well, t- it is porn, but it's pornography. It's a pornography friend. There's, <laughs> there is, it is not porn unless there is penetration. I disagree. Fetish films are pornography. They're but they're a different kind of they're pornography. They're pornography friends. <laughs> okay. Porn like, adjacent for sure. Anyways, if this is your thing, that's cool. Absolutely. No judgment. Because in his videos, and I love that he did this, it's so wonderful, mm-hmm. is that it's totally consensual. This guy yes. is doing this. He knows what he's doing. He's agreed to what is happening. And the guy doing these movies is saying up front, hey, look, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it is a business, but it is also something I take personal pleasure. Absolutely. Like, and it there's, is. There's no misunderstanding of what these videos will be used for. So yeah, no, I I really like that he showed this in a positive light and in a also an actually professional light. That's what he does. Like they show us in the first part of this movie, he's a pop cultural journalist. Mm-hmm. He almost seems like the very benevolent, wonderful, sprightly version of like a Louis Theroux, who I've never watched his documentaries, but he's the one who does like the weird America oh. stuff. And he just talks to shocking people for mm-hmm. shock value. Yeah. This guy actually seems like, my job is to cover weird stories, but I'm going to do it in a way where we can all have fun about it, including the person who's kind of weird. Yeah, he's just... um he He's reminds, a curious guy. He reminds me of David Reese. A little bit. Like, more Kiwi, but David Reese. But like, also... They should be friends. And then also a secret badass. Oh, yes. Because he and Dylan, his... Other, his co-director are kind of fucking like insane they are well i feel like they're just very much in sync and they're journalists and they're journalists so they like, know first and foremost they're journalists but they kind of know like this is a story there's a story here and they just keep getting layers and layers and layers and the line they keep coming back to is we can't let these bullies win yeah i don't want to let a bully win because this all comes down to one man David D'Amato. Oh, man. There is something seriously wrong with this man. Was something seriously wrong, because that is the piece of trivia you brought up. He is no longer with us. Correct. He passed away in March of 2017. But no details of how he passed away. Hmm. So I have, like, my first thought was he's not actually dead. He faked his death. Who knows? Well, he's, this is a man who has uh, faked identities uh, obtained social security cards and credit cards for two women's names. I wouldn't put it past him with as much money as he has to fake his own death. So I want to throw this out there for mm-hmm. him. The way they talk about him, I don't know that this is in any way, and they and they posit this in the movie very much. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this is about a specific kind of sexuality for him. Correct. As much as it is, he is a sadist. 
Uh, it's they also posit that a lot. This does not involve sex at all. Well, that's fair. He is a sadist because his whole point in this is to extort these guys that get hired for this. Correct. That is his entire plan throughout this entire thing is to get them hooked, to pay them loads and loads of money until they can't get away and then start extorting them for it. Yeah, it's all about power. It could very well be, I mean... Which, to be fair, most evil sexual stuff mm-hmm. roots in power as opposed to pleasure. Well, but and there's but there is something... He is definitely homophobic. Oh, clearly. He, uh, with that little extra short, uh, he, he makes some comments that are very clearly that he is, in fact, very uh, homophobic. We, we, we tie him directly to the comments that Farrier is getting at the beginning of the film. Yes. We finally pull that full circle around to D'Amato himself. Yes. Um, and it is suggested in the film that it's possible that he is, in fact, homosexual. Yeah, his his stepmother reveals so much at the end of that movie where she she doesn't know, but she thinks is like that could be it. Like, he it could also just be asexual, me. and it's all about power for him. It's, I feel that's more the, the root is the power, and I feel I feel more about that. I feel like he's a sociopath with this need, this bloodlust for power. Yes, and fortunately, he hasn't escalated or never escalated uh-huh. to the point of like purest evil serial killer nature. Cause a dude like that could easily go They're there. Turn very quickly. Yeah. It's all about power. I mean, that's his whole pretend lawyer thing. It's all about power. Well, and all those guys around him, Kevin, the guy who directs these movies yeah. and is constantly obsessed about his image. I almost have to wonder if Kevin, the only reason he's doing this is because he's fucking scared of this dude. So they're scared. I could also see him having been like a former lover of his. Oh, who knows? Like something bizarre is happening with that gentleman. Like it's it's bizarre. Oh, the whole thing's bizarre. And every every turn is just and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And I love the 20 minute short because it just gives you that much more information. There's uh there's one interviewer who comes back to recant his video testimony and David Ferrier says he's lying. Like none of the shit he says happened actually happened with me. And it's very clear. This guy was paid off. So for those of you who are just watching the movie, wherever you can find it and you don't have HBO should explain what happens in this little short documentary. And I bet you, you can find it on YouTube or somewhere Probably. as long as it's not an HBO exclusive during the screenings of the film at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the audience was furiously scribbling notes during the film. Yeah. And a couple of audience members told the guys after the screening, like, hey, these were this was going on. It was legal pad after legal pad at like every two seconds they were they're writing everything down. And Sundance, after they notified them, had security policies to escalate security at the theaters for the rest of the screenings. Mm-hmm. That's just standard operating procedure for them. It's a huge film festival. They want to make sure everything's safe. Yeah, it's it's a safety issue. It's a piracy issue. Um, they take it very seriously. Then they have a, there's a documentary film festival in Missouri mm-hmm. that they're attending. At that film festival, Kevin Clark is spotted. And they... The, the director of the Tickling films. Not to mention Kevin Clark and Marco, both also guys involved with the production, were also mm-hmm. spotted at Sundance. Yes. And they said attended every screening mm-hmm. they later found out. 
Yeah, they didn't know that at the time. So then there's private investigators who a guy's holding up a coffee cup, literally at his chest pointed at the screen the entire time, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly suspicious. And then the big fucking fallout that lawsuits actually get filed against the guys, which is we knew was eventually going to happen. Both those lawsuits get dropped for lack of jurisdiction. And then at the L.A. screening of the film, David D'Amato along with Kevin Clark, show up to the screening. Along with one of the investigator, the private investigator that was kicked out of the Missouri screening. And the Q&A is going on with Dylan, who is in L.A. And David Ferrier was in New York at the time. Yeah, doing a different screening because uh, they split up the publicity. And David D'Amato wanted to talk to him. He's like, you need to hire an attorney. for crim- You no, need to hire a criminal, criminal attorney. This is a totally a civil thing. Yeah, and he's just Defamation like, is not criminal. And they keep saying, well, if you try to film me, and he goes, I'm filming you right now. Oh, good, because what you're doing is legal. He's like, no, I have the permission of the owners. He's like, and they keep Under saying, California penal statute, he's like, this is a civil offense. A, a Find civil. me. I don't care. It It's so amazing. And then... David DeMano starts going off about, he's like, you're going to say that to a New York attorney? He goes, you're not licensed with the work with the bar. He goes, oh, that's what you, he's like. You know, not in this state. He's like, uh, and he's just like, not in any state that I could find. He goes, oh, you can't find anything. And it's just like, we've done our homework. He's a sociopath. But then again, to Dylan's credit, he goes, please, I would love for you to come up on stage and do this Q&A with me. He offers him the microphone several times. And he talks. And he talks. And then Dylan starts doing his Q&A and Kevin gets on the mic and starts refuting, trying to refute everything Dylan's saying. I mean, we we can keep going on and on blow by blow for it. You should look it up if you can find it and you don't have HBO. It's just nuts. And is sad that it wasn't included in the original documentary, though by the time they had released it, of course, there was oh, no yeah. way they didn't know that was going to happen. No, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm glad they, they did the little short afterwards. I mean, who's your favorite character? Besides David and Dylan, who are just, you know, normal goofball dudes. David Ferrier looks like a New Zealand Griffin McElroy, so... Adam is my favorite. Who is Adam? Adam is the boy who came with them to New Zealand and who then told them to go away when they were at... When they went to the filming location. Oh, the gross, skanky looking weird (laughs) boy. One of the, air quotes, athletes. (laughs) Adam. Adam's my favorite. Oh... I don't want to know what that guy's having to deal with in his life. Oh, no. I got to go with uh, Michigan dude, whatever his name is. Jacob? Yeah, Jacob. I don't remember. Okay, yeah, he was he was interesting. But the fascinating part, when we get over to, to Michigan and we find out that they're preying on poor kids in underprivileged communities, this, this guy who recants his testimony and is pretty clearly lying on camera because they're offering him a payout. Of course he And is. why do, why, why blame I, him? I, yeah. Because here's the thing. Nobody cares about whether or not he's telling the truth at this point. No. Because nothing he says violates the fact that this is still fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, sure. And that's the other interesting thing is. I don't know. I could see like five years from now them doing some follow up. This is some, This is one worth keeping an eye on. I mean, maybe. I, yeah. I also could see David Ferry being like, I, and I think I've heard him say the, say enough of this. He's like. I'm good now. I don't need ever need to do this again. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think he wants to be like, I'm just a little fun Kiwi going to do random weird news stories. Bye. That's what he thought he was doing 
here. Yeah, I know. And then he stumbled upon something, which I do love. Okay, so we're just talking about directors. I love their sense of uh, curiosity and justice. (laughs) Because uh, I think those are extremely important in terms of just making a documentary. It depends on what you're trying to chronicle. I think it works really well for something like this where clearly something is wrong. If there's an injustice to be corrected, then sure. There's also verite and when you're literally just trying to capture a moment. True. And and those types of movies are different and that's fine. It's just Mm -hmm. a different style of documentary. Well, and when I say justice, I don't necessarily mean that they have to fix something bad that happened. Uh, like Thin Blue Line. More in, what, what is actually going on? Honestly, mm-hmm. the Thin Blue Line, comparing it back to that, mm-hmm. the Thin Blue Line never set out to correct an injustice. I think it, as he went along, it got a little it bit political for Errol Morris. But in reality, his whole entire purpose of that movie and the way he constructs it was there is a truth here between lies and mistakes and half-truths. He's like, there is a truth at the center of this, Mm -hmm. and I want to find out what that truth is. This has that same feeling to me. It's just not as weighty a subject as that. And that's the difference. That's That's the only difference there. it's, It's no less important. I just, you know, if that email had been sent to anybody else... (laughs) <laughs> that we wouldn't have had this movie. But on the other hand, there's no way that email couldn't have been sent to him. Not necessarily. Well, because they did their research. No, I understand that. That they knew that he was gay. But And he's not gay, by the way. He is bisexual. bisexual. He got specifically attacked because he was viewed as being gay. Exactly. But who's to say another journalist, they wouldn't have found something derogatory about them, sexuality, or no, they could have attacked. Because bottom line, the problem was that they didn't want anyone looking into them. They didn't want to know what was actually going on. No, they would have gone after whoever went into this documentary. They didn't didn't want anybody to find out what they were doing. Yeah, whoever decided to finally go after this was was going to to try to shut this whole thing down. It was just too easy i love that it only starts with him being like why did it why the personal attack i just want to (laughs) know and that's exactly where it led down this is insane oh boy so how many how many envelopes of one thousand dollars would you give this movie i'm gonna go with a four this movie's awesome it's very well done only reason i'm probably not giving a five is it hasn't like changed something in me but it's really good. To get, it to, a, to get it to a perfect rating. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. The only other movie I've given a five to is The Apartment, so. I'm going to give it four and a half. Okay. It's too compelling, too weird. It is It's not compelling. quite perfect. It's got a BBC documentary flavor to it. Oh, yeah. And, and that's just how it is, which unfortunately isn't always dynamic. And he's not, he's a little reserved just I, as a person. I think that is really helpful to the subject matter, though. Because there could be, there's so much nuance to this, I think that attitude is perfect. Well, I think his nice attitude is perfect. Uh, yeah, that, yes. His Kiwi nice, I just, yes. can we just talk for a little bit? I think maybe it's just cultural. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. 
I don't know. It's it, it doesn't quite get to perfect though. If we revise later, holy shit, I might give it a five. It's just too weird and too interesting and goes down too many different roads. And then the shit they had to battle through to finally get it released, which it's not as much as some things have had. Like that there's been documentaries that have went way gone after further than this. Two civil lawsuits in Utah and Missouri that were clearly never gonna get anywhere yeah. by a dude who's not licensed to work as an attorney anywhere. It's just meant to scare him. Are are kind of BS. And at that point, it was such a huge honking deal after Sundance that this was all positive publicity. So that that second half, I was like, eh, I don't quite believe you guys that this is that serious. But I do get their trepidation about it, mm-hmm. especially being like little film producers out of New Zealand on Channel 4. Oh, sure. And just being like, American attorneys are trying to go after us. But, you know, at this point, <laughs> there's no threats anymore. Yep. So next week. Next week, we're going to do... Hearts of Darkness. Now, this one's going to be a little different. There's a catch to this. What is Hearts of Darkness about, David? Hearts of Darkness is a documentary about the making of Francis Ford Coppola's 1979 war epic, Apocalypse Now. Okay. Well, we have a problem. You've never seen Apocalypse Now. I haven't, but uh, we're going to fix that. However, you're only going to be able to listen to that if you become one of our Patreon patrons. Oh, no! That's right. We're going to launch a Patreon. It's going to be launching on July 28th. We're going to have content for all three of our shows. uh, Our My Little Pony show, our Riverdale show, and this one. And our first episode for our Patreon-only members is going to be Apocalypse Now. And then you have to find out what a nightmare this movie was making. I know I've heard bits and pieces, but I do always love a behind-the-scenes making of type of thing. And this one is epic so yeah no this is a great excuse it's some wonderful content for our patrons so we're really excited about it this weekend we saw sorry to bother you in an alternate present day version of oakland telemarketer cassius green discovers a magical key to professional success propelling him into a macabre universe okay (laughs) You didn't like this one. I I did not like this. And I was so excited for it. I love everybody in it. I love the concept. And I loved the first hour of the movie. Yeah, and then it just kind of falls apart. I don't think Booz Riley knew how to end this. Nah. I I think he needed somebody else to to write it. Maybe. It's a great concept. Here's here's where I keep coming back to with it, Mm -hmm. is that I did enjoy it, but... I also got to the point about an hour in that I was like, well, this is going to wind up being a hot mess, but I'm okay with that. And I think accepting that and and realizing, okay, this wasn't going to be like get out level mind blowing. It was just going to be weird. And I was going to enjoy that for what it was. (laughs) I was just really disappointed in the direction that they went to conclude the story. I actually got it to a certain degree. And no. we won't we won't reveal the twist, but I, I, I actually understood that. The thing about this movie is there is no subtlety whatsoever. No, and that's okay. But if you go in knowing that, and you go in knowing that the last third of this movie does what a lot of high-concept movies do in the last third, which is completely unravel, then I think you can be okay with it, and you can kind of enjoy it on a, on a satirical level and on a conceptual level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just don't put too much stock into... 
how deep it really goes because it's not very Mm -hmm. but the performances are fantastic oh yeah i mean i love tessa thompson she's amazing i want her in everything i want lakeith stanfield in everything funny thing is this was he was originally supposed to be played by donald glover Ah. but he didn't have time because of star wars so he suggested lakeith and lakeith is so perfect oh he's as i'm watching i was like donald glover would be good but lakeith is so much better he's so versatile as an actor Mm -hmm. he can be incredibly menacing and brooding but in this very subtle but in this movie he's very dopey yeah and it's wonderful because it it's the perfect foil for all of the weirdness that's going on around him. And we got Steven Yen. Steven Yen playing a, a very fun, off-kilter... Not Glenn. He's playing not Glenn. He is very not Glenn. And it's great. We, we love get da- it. And we get Danny Glover, Army Hammer. Army Hammer. Army Hammer hammering it up again. Love it. It's great. He's a little winkle by a little bit. Do I reveal some of the voices in random nope. cameos? No, because that's fun. I know. That's fine. Again, if you can accept the fact that this is not going to end very cleanly, then I think you can really, really enjoy this movie for the concept it has and the ideas it's putting out there. Mm -hmm. And it makes me very excited to see what he comes up with down the road. True. And and possibly collaborating with other people or honing his skills writing scripts. Because this is the first movie he's ever written. I mean, he is, first and foremost, a musician. No, I get that. And the music was great. And he did all the music for it. And so, it's fine. I just... He needed someone else to write it. Yeah. Like, let me start it. And then you, you take it where it needs to go. Yeah. So it's got a good message. So it works well. It'll just be really interesting to see what comes out from him and and this crew later yeah. on. I, I recommend you go see it. Even though it's bizarre. <laughs> I recommend you see it at home. Fair. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye, guys. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.